Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. This week I am again joined by the one and only Mr. Shrouded Hand. Uh, so uh, Tom, uh, we're going to look at something a little bit weird on this episode, aren't we? Uh, yes, I think so. Very strange indeed. Yeah, very very weird. And, some, and a topic I don't think I've ever... Uh, well, it's, it's ideal for uh, for you because uh, it's kind of uh, in your department, but uh, it's going to be like uh, creepy Reddit uh, gnome stories. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah. um, so what we've done, okay, uh, what we've done is we've got together some Reddit stories of creepy gnomes, and we're going to go through them and give our thoughts and opinions on them. And some of them are a bit, I'd say... Um, they're a bit disturbing, some of them. And uh, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start the first one, and I'm going to give it a read. They're only short, so no, you're not going to be uh, having to listen to me sort of try my best to read for too long. And uh, and, and we're going to kind of uh, go with that. So let's have a look at the first one. The first one's called, I saw a gnome, but I don't think I was supposed to see him, which is kind of creepy, as you know, to start with. Uh, so yeah, this it's a, good, it's a good title. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it gets you. It makes you want to read it. it makes you want to read yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so this chap, uh, this person, he says, when I was still in elementary school, I think that's what's that infant school over here, with the young, uh, yeah. So yeah, young. The, oh yeah, like primary school is it? I, yeah, primary school, infant school. So he says, when I was still in elementary school, me and my family used to spend all summer at my great uncle's house. Me and my family slept in the same room, except for my sister, who'd sleep in uh, on a bed in the living room, and my great-uncle, who slept in his own room. Uh, so one pretty normal day, we went to the beach, we ate pizza, and went to bed around 10pm, and uh, they all went to sleep. At around 4am, he was suddenly woken, because he hears someone throwing things around, with like plastic cups and that, and containers, uh, and food in the kitchen. He goes downstairs, right, and he says the door was open and I was able to see a light coming from the kitchen. So when I had enough of all the noise, I got up from bed. So, yeah, so he's got up and he's going to have a little creep to find out what's going on. He said at first something seemed off. Uh, I thought I was having some sort of strange dream. That's what he thought. So he gets up, he thinks he's dreaming, he can hear all this noise coming from the kitchen uh, and he, you know, he's deciding to uh, investigate. He said his, uh, his, his father said, my father wasn't in bed, but I didn't care much since maybe he was just in the bathroom. So one of his family members is, you know, not there. Uh, great uncle, uh, who was fairly old, had trouble sleeping at night. So uh, he thought that he, when he went to the kitchen, that it would be his uncle in there getting some, like a glass of water. So no big deal. He calls out for his uncle. And then he says, to my surprise, the room was empty, but the light was on and the fridge was open and a can of Coke uh, laying in front of it. I looked up at the shelf, uh, that was to my right, and I saw what was making the noise. Some sort of short creature, around 30 centimetres tall. A gnome, you'd say, and it was looking right at me. Terrified. Terrified because I'd seen him. I thought to myself, he's going to hurt me, so I'd better fake a faint. And so he did. So he's pretending to pass out, thinking that whatever this thing is he can see, you know, we're just going to mm-hmm. ignore him. This gets a bit stranger now because he says, after a couple of seconds, I opened my eyes and I saw that I wasn't in the in the kitchen or on the floor anymore. I was in a strange, colourful tunnel. 
I got scared again, closed my eyes one more time. After a minute, which felt like an eternity, I reopened them. And I was laying in my bed. There was a sound still coming from the kitchen. But I was so scared, I just waited for it to stop. And before sunrise, it did. It says that that wasn't the only encounter I had with that dude. But I never saw it again. I only heard it. Because I was, and am, too scared to see him again. I don't know what he was doing, exactly, but I'm sure I wasn't supposed to see him. And then, of course, at the end he says, I know it sounds crazy, but feel free to ask me anything about this. Well, it's a bit weird, Tom, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, um, at first what it made me think of when he says he lay down and pretended to be, pretended to faint, and then when he woke up in a, a strange tunnel. Yeah. It kind of made me think of stories of people being abducted as children yes. by uh, fairy beings and taken to some kind of strange, strange magical world. Yeah. Uh, it could be something like that. Well, yeah, I, I think that uh, when you think of like gnomes and fairies and stuff, it's mm. uh, not folklore, a lot of things like gnomes and little people and stuff. When you've got people that are seeing stuff like that in their homes, is it paranormal? Is it is mm-hmm. it not paranormal? But there is yeah. another. I mean, you pointed out that there was a comment. Uh, yeah. Well, just just to stay on that story for a second, another possibly the most revealing thing was that they ate some pizza just before they went to bed. So, <laughs> in my in my head, I'm like, it's just the fact that he wakes up, he ate some pizza, and then he woke up in the middle of the night. And then had that experience. It does kind of make me think it's possibly a dream. And uh, the the fact that when he woke up again, he could still hear the sounds coming from the kitchen. It kind of, what I thought was, he was hearing those sounds as he was sleeping. It was his uncle in the kitchen. And he, he in his dream, he thought that he, he was awake and in the kitchen and seeing this gnome. I don't know. That's just what I thought reading through it. That it was possibly a dream. Yeah, like a, like a kind of cheesy dream. Very possibly. I don't want to be rude to the person who wrote the story, uh, you know, I'm, but it's it's a strange childhood memory. And I just thought the fact that they ate some pizza and then went to bed and then woke up having this strange experience was got, it made me a little bit suspicious that it might just be a dream. But if I do eat a lot of cheese before I go to sleep, I normally have wacky dreams. Yeah. Uh, and if you're yeah. eating quite a lot of pizza, pizza you know quite a lot of cheese on a pizza so maybe that mm-hmm. is uh maybe yeah. you've got or maybe the maybe the something on the pizza was a bit off and it made him sort of hallucinate or something <laughs> yeah it could it could have been <laughs> I, I mean i don't know for sure but it just it made me suspicious but there is a comment underneath it that i found maybe more interesting than the original post yeah maybe slightly more credible so we've got uh okay so we got my dad grew up in mexico and always tells the yeah. story about little buddies mm-hmm. uh, he describes them as gnomes uh, like creatures that he'd seen all around the school they'd help clean up and put things away him and his brother both saw them repeatedly but no one ever believed them hmm it's sort of, it kind of goes on that uh it says we have them all in the front yard and the house and i swear every time i see them they're in a different place, so they're apparently yeah. moving around. So Yeah, I mean, that could just be his dad moving them around for fun, but I like this story because, one, it's an 
his him and his brother both saw the, the same things. Yeah. They weren't it, it wasn't like he'd woken up in the middle of the night and saw them. He'd seen them in the daytime while he was at school. And there was there was another witness. And it, into adulthood he still believed it enough to tell his his own children about it. I, I suppose it's a, a worldwide thing in some way, but in I mean, my mum was the you know, she enjoyed gardening and stuff and I remember that she had in her garden they had like a little water area like a waterfall and it was covered in these little gnomes and my dad would yeah. paint them all up and uh, they made like a little scene with you know and all that stuff and and I never really thought to myself that you know, they it's something that you know you talk about in fairy tales and stuff and they're not they're not real or anything but mm-hmm. I'm not well, I'm not saying that they you know they are definitely real but it, you think to yourself. It, it, you know, if people are seeing these things, it might not be a, a gnome in the sense of what's in your garden, but uh, it might be something that's manifesting in a way uh, that we're, you know, that we can um, associate with. Quite a lot of these stories that I've read through have these gnomes sort of helping or moving things around in the house. It reminds me of. Um, have you heard the stories? Have you heard stories of boggarts? They're like in English. I don't know if they're like a goblin. They're more like a, they're almost more like a, a spirit, like a house spirit. Vaguely, they, yeah, vaguely. Yeah, there's like a story of a boggart. I think it's like a northwest sort of legend. There's, yeah, I remember where when I lived in Manchester, there was a there was a place like a park nearby called Boggart Hole Clough, which was supposedly haunted by the boggarts. And there's a lot of stories about these boggarts. They sound they sound more like poltergeists, really. They're just sort of spirits that. Um, you don't really see them, but they move things around. They're sort of like tricksters. Sometimes they'll help and do the tidying or the washing up or something like that. But, you know, a lot of these gnome stories sounded quite similar to these these uh, sort of helper spirits that I've I've read about in various places. I think of gnomes, you think them of the, they're, you know, they come out at night, they, they collect stuff, they go in your kitchen, they, you know, nick your crisps or whatever. Uh, and you never, you hear them, but you never see them. Uh, and it's... Uh, you know, a lot of people sort of, uh, you know, say, "Oh, it's you know, it's the it's the little people, it's the people that live under the stairs," sort of thing, uh, or in yeah. the garden or whatever. I mean, they are associated. If you go back in folklore, and uh, there's different versions because you've got the European version and you've got the like the what I call the the English version, and the English version, as you say, is exactly how you've described it. They were like helpers. Uh, they mm. were on that sort of same level as fairies, where they lived in a, like a mystical place and they would only come out at certain times and uh, mm-hmm. interaction between them was very rare. You do get that kind of paranormal vibe about them. You get that paranormal vibe in the sense of if you had to catalogue them and say, well, where would they where, where would they sort of be? Then it, likelihood it would be in the realms of sort of poltergeist phenomenon, that, that kind of thing. I'm quite interested in folklore because of, when you read into them, there's a lot of similarities when you look into these stories to yeah. what we think of as modern paranormal phenomena, poltergeists. Um, there's there's quite a lot of similarities between these stories and alien encounters as well. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, there's there's quite a lot of you know you 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 see like a little little small man and he abducts you and takes you somewhere else and you look into the folklore stories. There's a very similar to modern abduction stories. And yeah, that's something that interests me is the, the link between uh, folklore and the paranormal. 
Oh yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if if you go back to the uh, the olden days, like the proper olden days, I mean, yeah, where before before people started to talk about uh, aliens or whatever, and people would say, "Oh, I went out for a walk, and this little man came came up to me and took me into the forest, and I I was gone for a number of days, uh, uh, and they were dancing and all this stuff, and they gave mm-hmm. me food or whatever, and it's it is a kind of a, a ye oldy worldy kind of abduction scenario where the person yeah. is taken away they miss time they i mean obviously you know they, they you know measured time slightly differently back then but it's mm-hmm. uh you know i was gone for a, a whole day or when i got back to my village people wanted to know where i'd been or yeah. you know and they and you explain oh i went to this place and when they go back there they can't find the place where they went and and it's kind of it is very similar very similar yeah, yeah. to you know abductions mm. yeah well i'm quite um what's the what's the theory called it escapes my memory but it, there's something about it it's like where you see something and you you can't really place what it is because it's yeah. so outside of your experience yeah. so you, you, your mind sort of slots it into something that you'll know so you know in the ancient times when they were steeped in this folklore they might see something and go oh it's a it's a fairy or a goblin or something like that. And these days we'd see the same thing and go, oh, it was a ghost. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, uh, but what we might be experiencing is something. Way beyond. Of, Way yeah, beyond just it. something like that's just so beyond our ability to comprehend it that it's, it's none of those things really. It's just something that we we sort of impress our own idea of what it should be. And that and that's what we see because it's uh, yeah you know we just our brains can't comprehend it so we just sort of see something really odd and go oh it's it must be this well I I actually um I'm trying to rack my brains where I read it but I did read a uh, it was a a theory put forward that the the paranormal is and the unknown the UFOs all of it mm-hmm. is all manifested all by the the same thing and yeah, that yeah. Uh, the parts of it that we uh, we experience and that we uh, you know we believe what you know for example you see a little a little man or whatever uh, an alien or whatever or a ghost it's all part of the same uh, phenomenon that c- creates it all and the phenomenon mm-hmm. is fueled by our perceptions and our fears and uh, when we uh, have this experience the whatever we believe we're seeing we're seeing in a way that we are creating that experience through our own understanding of the world and our own life experience so mm-hmm. the, yeah. the phenomenon is giving us a way of understanding what we're seeing in a way that we can process it because if you think about it if you experience something beyond the realms of anything of your understanding how do you, you you how do you process that i mean it makes me think of like things on another dimension you know like um if we saw something that was four dimensional we wouldn't be able to understand it we'd just be able to process it in like a a three dimensional way yeah so we'd see, we'd see a three dimensional object but it'd be four dimensional and we you know, we do only process it through what our what our brains can understand. I, f- I feel like that's quite, um, you know, a good explanation for a lot of these 
a lot of this phenomena. I mean, I don't know if it does explain it, but it's an interesting idea that kind of why I'm interested in this uh, f folklore and uh, paranormal at the same time. It's, it's, I think it's all sort of linked in some way. So we've got another story here and it says, mm -hmm. uh, gnomes haunted my aunt's house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it says, uh, there were gnomes in my aunt's house in the 90s, the 1990s in California. They looked like garden gnomes, statues, but living, moving beings. They had little outfits and pointed hats and beards. They were short little guys and didn't want to be caught, so we would often see them scurrying around the corners in the hallways and the bedrooms. He says, I saw one once run downstairs. They would also be spotted sitting on random cupboards and shelves throughout the house, pretending to be statues. We wouldn't take notice. Well, I would, but anyway, I suppose if you're used to it, it's like, oh well. <laughs> we wouldn't take notice. Also, they would be spotted outside, peering over the rock formations by the pool, when people would be swimming. I think they were just curious, playful beings who had fun teasing people in the house with their quick appearances. They were also fond of rearranging the dining room furniture while everyone slept. They never did anything bad or scary, just kind of playful and coexisted, I suppose. That's definitely very sort of um, poltergeisty, isn't it? Poltergeist, yeah, I was going to say, especially that, um, I don't know why, what is it with poltergeists and dining room furniture? I hear yeah. so many stories <laughs> of them rearranging the dining room. It's either, it's either the kitchen cupboards being opened or the uh, dining room chairs being arranged in a strange way. I've heard so many stories where that happens. It's weird, that, isn't it? I mean, you think mm. about it. When you, If you think of most cases, a lot of the phenomena does happen uh, either in the kitchen or in the front room. And, and it's normally, as you say, with furniture moving and mm. uh, things being stacked up and stuff like that. So that is a bit weird. Yeah, I don't... I yeah. never really sort of stop and think to stuff like that. I just, I read it and think, oh, that's a bit weird. When you analyze it and you think, oh, God, yeah, that is a bit odd, really. Mm. I don't know, maybe if, um, uh, as I say, maybe if uh, we have something to do with the poltergeist phenomenon in the sense that, in a way, it's us haunting ourselves, mm. maybe we've got this thing about furniture. If you've got these kind of little things in your home, I mean, how, Tom, let's be honest, mm. You've got your house right, and you're at home, and you start seeing these little beings around your house. What's the first thing you're going to think? <laughs> I'd probably think I was going insane. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd go to the doctor and say I'm seeing a strange thing. <laughs> but this is the thing with that story. It's another one where you've got. It's not saying I saw them. It's like we saw them. Yeah. So there was multiple people seeing these things. What I found what I found weird about this story, which I don't quite understand, is. They'd see them scurrying down the stairs or yeah. just, you know, out the corner of their eye, but then they'd see them sitting on the top of cupboards. Like, wouldn't they just stop and try and pick one up or speak to it or something like that? It's a bit of an odd bit of that story where they'd they'd see gnomes sitting on the top of cupboards trying to remain still like statues so they wouldn't take notice. As a gnome with a fishing rod on the top of the cupboards and you'd just think, ah, oh, you know, it's just, that's what they do. You think, what's he doing in here? He should be in the garden. Yeah, I just wonder why they didn't, like, try to interact with them in some way if they, they saw him on sitting there trying not to be noticed. Like, they don't really elaborate on, like, you know, why, why they didn't try and interact with them more. If, if you saw a gnome just sitting there on the top of a shelf, you'd do something, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think, like, oh, 
wonder if it'll talk to me. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would. Quietly turn around and walk back out of the room and close the door and think, what the is that? Yeah, I would would if I wasn't used to it, but it sounds like these people are are sort of used to the fact that they've got gnomes running around the house. And I just, there's no mention of them trying to interact with them or. How would you interact with a, with a, (laughs) with a gnome? Uh, Consider it, let's pretend it speaks English. Or maybe they don't speak. Maybe they don't have a language. Well, one thing I've, actually, I've just recently listened to an interesting podcast, you know, where Paul Sinclair's Truth Proof. He did one with yes, uh, someone called Joe Hickey Hall about fairies and other things like that. And uh, she says that oh yeah yeah yeah, there's a lot of stories of people sort of getting like a telepathic interaction with them. So maybe that would be the ah, you just look at them and you sort of get the message. So if mm. they were like telepathic and they were sending a message, I would most probably send the message back saying. Why mm-hmm. do you dress like that? What's the reason to yeah. look like you look like? Uh, I did they they all kind of are very generic, uh, and they all kind of look the same. You think, well, describe a gnome. Oh, he wears little boots. Mm-hmm. He's got a little jacket on. Uh, he's got like corduroy hat. trousers. Uh, he's got a pipe mm-hmm. in his mouth, pointy hat. Yeah, a little beard, and he's always chirpy and off somewhere yeah. uh, doing a bit of fishing. That's what they do. I mean, there must be some cases out there where uh, where you have evil gnomes. Let's have a look. We've got another story here. Let's have a look at this one because uh, it says uh, gnome in the ground. Somebody says, I wish this had happened to me, but it didn't. It happened to my boyfriend of mine. I dated a guy in high school whose family were from Norway. When he was 10-ish, his family all went back to Norway uh, in the summertime to stay on his mother's parents' farm. Uh, it was a working farm that was also attached to a large forest. Oh, God, getting gnome vibes already. <laughs> David was told that he could go anywhere on the farm that he wanted and into the forest up to some degree. They agreed upon the boundary, but no further. So he could go into the forest, but there was a there was a limit. Of course, yeah. being 10, he disobeyed and went further into the forest. Uh, he was walking along, having found a path, when he heard someone yelling in Norwegian, came uh, to a bend and found what he described as a gnome. The gnome was about the height of a four-year-old. He was adult, had a full beard, and his clothes looked handmade. There we go. Look, see? I just spoke Mm -hmm. about that. Uh, He had a typical gnome-type hat. The person says, I'm pretty sure that he said it was red, but he could be wrong. Uh, I don't know that his suit was light brown or green, pretty much foresty colours. The gnome... Oh, this is a bit... Yeah. So the gnome was screaming at David in Norwegian. Shaking his fist, David spoke uh, Norwegian at home, but this form of Norwegian he couldn't really understand, although to him it sounded familiar enough for him to think it was Norwegian. The thing that really had him flawed was the gnome was buried up to his knees in a hard dirt path. He wasn't trying to pull himself out. David did not think that he was stuck. David Mm -hmm. fled the scene, made it safely back to Grandpa's farm, when he got there, he sat on a bench along a wall to catch his breath. His mum saw him and came running and came sat beside him. She said to him, you went too far into the woods, didn't you? He could only nod his head. At the time he told me this, his mother had n- never said another word to him about it, and he never asked her. I kept bugging him to ask her for more, but he never did. I've tried to find yeah. him online, blah, 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 but... So, yeah, she's just saying she, she tried to contact him to find out more information. So, yeah, 
an angry gnome. It sounds like the mum must have known that he'd seen, like she must have known that there was something out there from that ending. So give me the give me a scenario then, Tom. What what? Give me a scenario of what what uh, what could have possibly happened there. Well, what you don't get in the story. Well, actually, no, it does sound right because it was his mother's parents' farm. Yeah. So his mother must have grown up there. Yeah. So it sounds like she may have also had a similar experience yeah. when she was younger. The fact that when they went back, they said, they said, right, you can go this far into the forest, but you can't go further than this, this boundary. Almost like she had an encounter or encounters. And then she's kind of like knows that what he experienced, but that's weird. That's weird. It's weird. Mm. In the forest. I mean, imagine that you're in the forest all on your own, having a little walk. And there's a known yeah. man that's like, buried in the ground just sort of coming out of the ground yeah. like a rabbit and he's having a he's having a go at you with his fist telling him you to go away in like a norwegianish language which is maybe old norwegian or something that's why you couldn't understand it that's just like but then again it was speaking that's another thing so they do speak they do talk yeah if he was shouting and stuff. so there's yeah. a possibility that uh, some people do hear him speak. And the way it described him in the halfway into the ground or up to his knees in the ground, yeah. it sounded like it made me think of something more like, um, you know, when you hear ghost stories and they see like a ghost. I've heard stories like where you see a ghost and his torso was sort of halfway through the yeah. ground and they found out like the ground level was a lot lower at the time that this person was alive. It sounded similar to that. Like it didn't, it doesn't, I mean, it does say he's buried up to his knees, but it sounded more like he was just sort of like stuck in the floor, almost as if he was, as if he was somehow like um, not completely solid. So basically, could the gnome be a manifestation uh, that was not actually in our living in our realm, but as kind of trans, you know, transposed into this realm? Yeah, and is not yeah, fully that's... sort of materialized yeah sort of slightly in a different a different dimension where you know he's, he's not quite level with the ground in his world and he's sort of coming through and you can just see him from the knees upwards so we um, could say like forest like a forest spirit yeah i mean and also another another thing that i noticed was it was about the height of a four-year-old yeah and this is something i've noticed with, like the other story it sounded more like they were kind of garden gnome yeah, size you know like little tiny things so this is uh a lot of the encounters that i've read they're very varied in the the, the height and the, the size of these things even though they they often look very similar the way they describe the size of them is always quite varied i'm i'm wondering if you know if you had a group of people you gave them a sheet of paper and a pen and you put them in separate mm -hmm. rooms and you said draw what you believe a gnome to be I think that yeah. every single one would be most probably completely different. And that uh, you would get some people drawing a nut, like, you know, the, the general sort of with the pointy hat with a fishing rod. And you would get mm -hmm. other people that would most probably uh, draw gnomes that were evil and, you know, uh, nasty little creatures. Because yeah. if you go back to like the 1980s, when you had all the, the horror films, the slasher films, you know the 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 rise of uh, videotapes. You had a lot of um, there were a lot of uh, gnomes in in horror films back then, which were all kind of like psychotic and mad and nasty, didn't you? Yeah. Possibly some connection there with uh, the way that we perceive them and and the way that sort of you know that we think 
uh, the, the you know that the, how they should be. Mm. So you think if someone else came along and saw the same thing, they might have seen a a little um, sort of a couple of inches high sort of garden gnome type yeah. of thing. They might have seen it in completely different. Place. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I'm you yeah. know just guessing, but just reading these stories is everyone sees the similar thing, but as you say, they're all slightly different. We've got another account here. Adds more to the, you know, to the phenomenon. Because this one is, uh, it says, uh, thing calling out to me in my mother's voice. Need advice as soon as possible. All right. So they say, I live in a small urban neighborhood in a river bend that used to be uh, native land. Uh, No, this is, this is, it's interesting to start with. So we've got some sort of Native American, I suppose, or, uh, but I'm sure we'll find out as we go on. Uh, The other night I was Mm -hmm. sitting outside listening to some music. And I heard my mother uh, call my name. I thought I was hearing things since she wasn't home. I had music on. Soon after, I got uh, a really bad feeling and went inside. Uh, It was then that I heard my mother's voice calling me on the porch. It sounded exactly like like her, but my stomach immediately dropped and I got a terrible feeling. Even the animals were looking at the door. I locked the door and went upstairs and I heard it from outside again, probably a total of four to five times. I had a feeling that something was trying to get me to come outside or let it in. A few days ago, we went on vacation and the neighbour was taking care of our bearded dragon. I suppose that's like a lizard, is it, or something? And she heard her name being called by my mother while in the house. If someone has any advice on what to do, I'd really appreciate it. I think I'm going to bless the house and both the doors. I've heard skinwalkers can do stuff like this. And I'm a bit freaked out. But the thing is, I live in a neighbourhood with houses that have normal sized yards and are pretty close together. So would a skinwalker be in a neighbourhood this populated? I have also had issues in the past with spirits in my house. They were never mean, but just pretty active for a while. So, your thoughts, Tom? I just think that story is really creepy. (laughs) I've not really looked too much into the skinwalker thing, so I can't really comment on that. What made me interested in the story is that I used to have a similar thing when I was a kid where I'd be lying there, like listening to music or lying there trying to get to sleep, and I'd suddenly hear my dad's voice as if he'd like shouted me, like I'd just hear my name, like he'd go, Tom. Yeah. and it was it wasn't him. It was just like a voice, like you know. It sounded like it was. It, I would just hear it, and I, I'm still to this day not. I'm not convinced it was like a disembodied voice, or whether it was in my head or not. Like I, you know, because sometimes you listen to music and you hear a strange noise, and you, you yeah. sort of lift your headphones to listen. But it just made like this is what why I was interested in this story basically because it kind of reminded me of my own. Uh, experiences as a child of occasionally just hearing my dad like shouting my name <laughs> and it was just like it wasn't him it was just an odd experience so uh, yeah i've never had uh people well i have heard people talking before when i've when i've been you know had music on or whatever and i thought who's that shouting yeah. and i would take the headphones yeah. off and and there's nothing um but the the thing for me was uh with this kind of thing when i used to go to sleep I would have the the feeling that uh, all the pots and pans in the kitchen were suddenly thrown on the floor at once. It was a, mm. a an absolutely what you know deafening sound, and it and it was you know like what they call the the exploding head syndrome, and yeah, it's yeah. the point where you're just falling to sleep, 
and you're off mm-hmm. to sleep and you're you're just sort of going into that dream mode and then it and then it happens and it and it happens for quite a while when i was uh when i was younger and it i got used to it i, I sometimes when it first started happening it was really scary because i didn't know uh, well when it first happened i remember going downstairs and i thought like something all the cupboards that were in, on the wall it sounded like all of the cupboards on the wall had all fallen down uh, on the floor that's what it sounded like but it wasn't mm-hmm. obviously wasn't that it was there was the, the kitchen was fine but it it was you know and it was really weird and also with this story the name calling uh, it's yeah. almost like you get do you know what this likens this likens to the black eyed children the stories of black eyed yeah, children yeah uh, asking for help and knocking on your door. Yeah. The fact that it sounds like it wants to be let in or for them to go outside yeah. and see what it is. It almost goes back yeah. to like the vampire where, it, you know, a vampire will knock on your door and you have to invite it into your home for it to cross the threshold to come in. And if you don't invite mm-hmm. it and it will try to trick you into agreeing that it can come in. Yeah. You know? So. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the neighbour went into the house and heard the same yeah. thing that's uh definitely uh confirmation as yeah well. i mean um yeah. i'm just looking uh it says here since you live on native land uh could it be a skinwalker look it up so yeah but yeah. i'm just looking to see if anyone else in the comments has had uh had any thoughts that we were just saying um most people are saying like you know skinwalker uh is it something i mean when we talk about Skinwalker, we you know we're getting into the realms of the trickster. We're getting into the realms of uh, a phenomenon that has got as multi levels to it. You know, think that when you think of you know Skinwalker and that kind of trickster, you always go back to Skinwalker Ranch. And Skinwalker Ranch has got a lot of stuff that allegedly happened, but also a lot of stuff that is a little bit ambiguous, where only a small group of people will say what happened and the information that's never really been released but you know that's mm-hmm. a, maybe a story for another day so this story i mean as mm-hmm. we see this story we're kind of it's kind of growing now the phenomenon is growing and it's getting more and more like a like a trickster phenomenon where people are seeing stuff uh that is uh, slightly different but of the same narrative but it's also able to manifest in a way that it can mimic because it's using, yeah. you know, it's using a kind of a mimic. It's it's using someone else's voice to get somebody else's attention. For our next story, right, it says there may be a mimic in our house, like we just talked about with mimics and stuff. It says not all familiar with the supernatural. If indeed, this is what may be dealing with, uh, which is the explanation for what we're leaning towards. Uh, so this all started when, uh, this is the person writing it now, so... Says, so this all started with my boyfriend was over yesterday. He picked me up from work and I went home for a shower. I was drying off. He, uh, he opened the door and handed me my underwear. Uh, I told him that I appreciate the gesture, but I had underwear in the bathroom already. He also jokingly snapped at me and said, you called me from downstairs to bring these up. I assumed he was joking. So I took them from him and told him to go back downstairs. Didn't think much of it. Next thing that happened was a couple of hours later, my roommate was getting ready to leave for a date with one of her friends when I heard her calling me from the bedroom to help zip up her dress. I went up to the bedroom to find nobody there. 
Not only that, but when I saw her leaving the bathroom, she was wearing jeans and a tank top, nothing that I had to zip. I told her that I heard her voice coming from the bedroom. She just looked confused. She went in and looked around. Her TV was off, her computer was off. There was just nothing in her room. The next uh, bit came around 11 p.m. My boyfriend and I had been watching Netflix. I was craving for ice cream, so we drove to, to get ice cream. After ice cream, we sat and watched an acoustic show for about an hour and a half before heading home. When we got home, we went into the bedroom and I fell asleep watching TV. Uh, we woke up around 7 a.m. when he had to leave for work. My roommate was already up and we made a joke that we must have really... Oh, blah, blah, blah. So we, we, she said they were making a lot of noise yeah. last night. Uh, mm. When we were alone, discussed what was happening. Initially, the one to draw the strange conclusions based on what was happening. The underwear thing, the dress thing, the shrieking thing. Uh, she's a big believer in this kind of stuff, so we seemed open to the fact. A bit of the weirdness came when we were doing our evening meditation, both Wiccans, uh, and we could hear speaking from the hallway. It was between two people. We broke concentration and listened. I considered it was an intruder. Then, as clear as day, through the door we heard night yawl and a high-pitched giggle. Both of those things are with my roommate does and says that she passes by the room and with the boyfriend at night. Now, so I just want to stop there a minute because they're talking about uh, voices. And once again, mm -hmm. it's similar to I just want to bring something in here because my late co-host yeah. Gareth, as you know, Gareth, but uh, he told me a story uh, when he went back to his uh, mum's house a long time ago. He would... Um, his brother they were he was upstairs and his brother was downstairs or the other way around i can't remember but his brother he called his brother and his brother came upstairs and said what do you want i think i'm retelling this but it's pretty much this is what happened uh and gareth said i didn't call you and it was almost like someone upstairs was calling him and it like mm. sounded like gareth calling him to come upstairs but gareth wasn't didn't call anyone so this is a very yeah. similar thing where the people are you know in their home and they're having people call them and it's like what's going on there once again it's that kind of paranormal kind of trickster thing isn't it yeah i mean the only thing i'd say about the story because they say roommate is it possible that they they're on like they're hearing people from another flat or something yeah like an, yeah yeah uh, that's the only possibility i can think of um just in that last story when she hears two voices I mean, it could be someone else talking in a different room, a different flat, if they're in some kind of apartment. But yeah. when they're hearing voices that sound exactly like, like the boyfriend hears her calling him from the shower, and giving giving him like a specific instruction to bring her some underwear. That's yeah, uh, you know that that doesn't sound to me like you're just hearing someone in a different flat or you know a different apartment. Well, that does sound much more like a. I mean, this this term, the mimic. I was I wasn't really aware of that until I started reading these stories. I'd heard of ghosts, like doing, you know, making voices of living people, yeah. but I hadn't, I hadn't heard that term before. The the mimic. So that's it is kind of like a paranormal thing, and it's uh, it's not. I wouldn't say it was all that common. I think that um, 
when you think of mimicry and stuff like that, you always associate that with the poltergeist phenomenon because normally when, to use to coin a better word, of an infestation, uh, the phenomenon mm. starts to build up. You normally get, you get different levels of, of you know, of um, the phenomenon. So it usually starts with yeah. tapping and rapping. Uh, then it will move to uh, kind of coherent noises, uh, things moving around, things diff- disappearing and reappearing, things... Mm moving you know as in like large objects and then you'll move then not always but then you'll get like uh, growls and grunts and yeah. shouts and stuff and then it, it's as it's as if the phenomenon is trying to learn how to talk and then you start mm-hmm. to get vocalizations and in some cases you'll get uh like we've discussed here uh you'll get full-blown like people calling you in a you know, it, it sounds like your mum or your dad or your brother or your partner or whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. you'd think it was them, but it's, it's not them. To me, I find that one of the uh, most scary aspects of, of the phenomenon is that it's able to, uh, li- well, literally uh, mimic another person uh, yeah. to the point where y- you think it's that person who is calling you. Mm-hmm. It's quite unsettling. Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, yeah, quite, quite unsettling. I'll tell you a story from when I was a kid. The only time I've heard like a very, apart from apparently, you know, maybe hearing my dad calling me when he he wasn't. Um, there was a time where I heard a very clear disembodied voice, and it, it wasn't like mimicking anyone living that I knew, as far as I know. Probably I was probably around ten, eleven, something like that, yeah. and we used to go to like a youth club that was in a hall. Um, above the church that my parents went to. And um, there wasn't anyone else in this room. We were just sort of left to our own devices. And it was just me and this other lad in there. And the other kids must have been downstairs doing some activity. But me and this lad were just in this hall on our own, just, I don't know, probably kicking a football around or something. And we just heard as if someone was stood right next to us, a voice just say something and i can't i can't remember what it said it was just something really short like hello or something like that but it was as if someone was stood right next to us and i turned to this guy and i went like we both went quiet and i turned to this guy and i went did you just hear a voice say whatever it said and he was like yes i did like he was really you could tell on his face he was really serious and he was really freaked out he was like yeah and i was like that was really weird and then we just we we just left the room, but that's the only time. I, I and it was so clear, and it was as if someone was stood right next to us. This voice, but it wasn't it wasn't mimicking anyone that I knew. So yeah, it could have just been a, a disembodied voice of some other sort. But yeah, that's the only time I've ever heard anything. What was its use? I don't know if it was a church. Let me just have a look. I always like to know to try and find what the building was or what it might have been with people who experience stuff like that. I always find that part fascinating. The um, Rivertown URC Church in Shotton. And I don't know, it must have been built as a church, actually, if you look at it from like the front, because it, it, it is on a row of shops. Like there's a row of shops and then yeah. there's like a church yeah, and yeah. It's, it's sort of attached to them. But it, if you look at the building from the outside, it does look like it was built to be a church of some sort. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the history of the building, really. I don't think it's like super ancient. It doesn't look like a really old church, but did you have any, uh, nothing else ever happened from in there for you? Just that no, that voice, not, yeah, just that one voice that one time, yeah. That's weird. Mm. That's that's just because yeah. it's stuff like that, uh, as as benign and 
boring as it you know is it is it sounds it's the creepiest because it's so you know you're in a you're in a hall with your friend mm-hmm. kicking a ball around and then somebody else says something and there's no one in there yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty unsettling to say the least i mean it's, it's always the mundane stories yeah. that are more like the more believable ones anyway i always find them more interesting because usually if someone's making up a ghost story or exaggerating they'll they'll say oh i, I saw a, a figure and he he appeared and said something creepy but you know, just hearing a, a little voice next to you, and then nothing else after that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. He appeared, and he 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 told me this limerick, and I have to figure it out. But I don't know. It's just, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but just to hear something you know, going hello, yeah. it's like that's even that's pretty scary. So yeah, as we're we're reaching the end of this episode, I I want to, I just want to ask you what we, we've talked about. Primarily, we've talked about gnomes and the gnome phenomenon. I know that there's all different, you know, everyone's got their own opinions of what these, uh, where they come from and what they might be. But um, what, what do you think uh, this this phenomenon, you know, it might be? Is it is it is it paranormal or is it something or is it something more than that? I think it's definitely paranormal, but I don't know what it is. I, I never like to say, like, you know, I never like to make a very definite uh statement on what i think these things are because i i just think you, you can't really know but i like the idea that this um especially when the forests are involved that these places have a sort of um an energy of their own these wild places and a lot of the time they're like ancient woodlands and things and i like the idea of there being woodland spirits and mm. uh, just from walking through these places you sort of get a sense of like you, you get a feeling of like uh a sort of presence that's um it's not really the same as like when you walk into somewhere like a spooky building and you get the feeling of a present presence it's more like uh i don't know how to describe it when i'm walking in the woods sometimes you just get a feeling of like and a sort of ancient intelligence of some sort and i'm kind of drawn to the idea that there's something in that that explains these uh sort of fairy gnome goblin type encounters that it's something something to do with this sort of energy that you get in in woodlands uh I do like a lot of these stories uh a lot of them involve forests and things like that and i, I like the idea that that there's there's something in in the the energy of these places that manifests these these creatures but i don't, I don't want to say for sure that that's what it is it's just that's the what that's that's what I'm drawn to. I kind of, uh, I kind of know where you're going with that. Um, mm. I've been recently, I've been reading up and reading some stuff and watching some documentaries on a, on something that has been coined uh, hauntology, and it is the, mm. it's the ghost of the past and the ghost of the future. It's, uh, it's the, it's the ghost of what we leave behind us and the way that, uh, that our social, our cities our culture, how it changes and how within the the city that you go, you can look around and you can find ghosts of the past. You can find old buildings with old signs on that were something different many years ago and that they still haunt that area. They still have that presence and that we give them the energy. And it's the same when you go into ancient woodlands like Epping Forest and places like that. 
that had settlements many thousands of years ago. People lived there. And, and I do think that in some way that those people that had, you know, had their societies there and, and in some way they possibly did imprint on their environment and that what we're experiencing when we go into those places is we're picking up on something that is uh, now part of the land. It is part of the environment and you're feeling mm-hmm. that kind of past, that the, the ghosts of the past are uh, kind of, you're, you're walking through it. It's because if you think about yeah. it, a lot of those ancient sites, uh, encampments, I mean, we've got one here um, in, in the woods, up in the woods, we've got this old, uh, well, it's a pile of rocks now, but it used to be a, a Roman fort way back, you know, a couple of thousand years mm-hmm. ago. Because in this town, there was a Roman encampment. And yeah. you can go up there, and it's, you know, it's free to uh, walk around. It's, it's literally just a pile of rocks now. But even going there, and it's just a pile of rocks, you have a, you get a feeling of the past. You get a feeling of, there used to be people here. There used to be a community here, uh, a village. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they, you can feel it. I mean, I'm not, not saying that I'm a, uh, a psychic or a medium or anything like that. But I think that everyone has got the uh, ability to tap into that kind of residue of the past. And it's more mm-hmm. prevalent in places where uh, I'm not going to say people had a harder life, but they were more emotionally focused and in touch with the land. They lived, you mm-hmm. know, let's be honest, more, lots of people in the olden days were more, connect, were more connected with the land than we are now. Yeah. They they yeah. lived they they worked the land, they lived off the land and you know it, that's what kept them alive. They they were farmers or or whatever, but they were more in touch with their environment than we are today. We've become very uh detached with our environment. Mm-hmm. And so I think when yeah. we go around to like cities like London and where you are and you look at the places from two three hundred years ago which is still around now but maybe have got different usages uh mm-hmm. you know you look at what they are and you can feel those old alleyways and roads and you can pick up on that ghost of the past i, I don't know maybe yeah, yeah but i find all that really fascinating i do yeah. really do i mean I've, I've heard that as a a criticism of modern architecture is there's just no sense of it having any place in in time because yeah. it's it's just sort of built to you know it's it's not built of these old buildings just big stone structures yeah. and they they just feel sort of like they've got a place whereas the modern architecture is just these sort of glass steel things that you know they 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 feel like they're sort of temporary almost and uh, there's sort of a sense that we don't it's almost like we're we're, we're sort of with the modern cities it's it's almost like we're just designed to live in the present forever and we're not we're not connected to the past in any way because with all these sort of modern structures it's almost like we've we've just tarmacked over the past completely we're just not connected with it in any way um if you want to get into conspiracy theories you could say that it's done deliberately so that we don't have any connection to our past uh, well uh, you know uh i I do think that uh, when you look at some of the, uh, the the buildings and some of the architecture from 500 years ago, and you look at it and you think, wow, that's got real character. But I mean, mm-hmm. the character comes from its usage and from the people that dwelled in it. 
but you also have the architecture of the what the late sixties, early seventies. I think what they coined that, like brutalism, uh, where we had these yeah. real stark buildings with straight mm-hmm. lines, and and some of that, I gotta say, some of that architecture, I really like. I really I, yeah, like I it. do. Yeah, yeah. I know brutalism gets a lot of stick yeah. these days, but yeah, I, I am quite a big, quite a fan of some of it. Some of it just looks like it's designed to demoralize us. To be honest, yeah, great. Like it's just yeah. just a big gray block of nothing. <laughs> but some of it's really they. It's interesting to look at. I, I find it quite a. There are good, many. Uh, unfortunately, uh, even even those kind of buildings are disappearing now. As you say, they're being. Uh, you know they're being demolished i mean obviously you know you've got mm. your you, you've got that kind of architecture and then you go to the extreme where you have the tower blocks and people were you yeah. know and a lot of those are gone now but uh as i say and it's kind of like we've the, the modern architecture we've got now it, it doesn't there isn't a lot of character to it it's kind of mm. there to serve a purpose and it doesn't yeah. really have any character and i think that that, that you know in a way, I I always like to go to places when you look around. You think, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of character here, but we are losing it, yeah. I think. And a lot of those buildings are being brushed away. And yeah, for for whatever mm. reason, maybe there is a master plan. Maybe they do want to completely detach yeah. us from our from our past. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not too conspiracy minded, but I've heard some theories that that's that's what what that's why modern buildings are designed the way they are. It's just to sort of. Because you think any city in the world, they all kind of look very similar nowadays, whereas in the past, we all had like a sense of place and a sense of who we were from, you know, our surroundings, whereas nowadays we're kind of all just, it's all a bit homogenous. Well, it is. I mean, you could drop yourself into any major city, uh, modern, Mm. you know, it has been modernized in the whole of the country. Uh, And you would most probably not be too sure where you were because uh, it will all looks yeah. the same but uh back you know back, back then uh, even different cities had you know different styles of architecture because they all offered different things they had different you know their the, you know the the products they produced were different you would have bristol which was, which was a, a harbor port so all of the buildings you'd have like taverns and stuff and then you'd have you know in london it was more industrial so you had more factories and buildings up north you had more the bigger sort of you know industrial ironworks and stuff so everywhere was slightly different but everywhere had a character as you say all that's been kind of over the years it's been kind of swept away and everything's very mm. same now and yeah yeah whether they whether that's part of a master plan uh, i don't think we'll ever know to be honest i, I don't it's, know how it's we part, it's, it's part of a master plan to make the gnomes go yeah, away I it's think. a gnome master plan that's what there you go we've solved it the gnomes are here to get rid of our our architecture <laughs> they're, they're going to get rid of our architecture. There you go. But uh, anyway, uh, that was uh, that was an interesting conversation, Tom. I think we've come to the end of this episode. I mean, we could go on for hours, but you know, uh, we've got to sort of uh, uh, we've got to set a limit because we'll be here forever, otherwise. Um, very interesting. I think that uh, the gnomes are. We, I think we've come away with one thing from this episode: is that uh, gnomes are scary. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably. Uh puma pants if i saw one i think yeah uh, so i wouldn't exactly if you if you visit if you see if you, if you see a gnome go the other way i mean I'd, I'd like to see one just out of interest but uh you know i think i would probably need to change the trousers afterwards yeah i uh i don't know i mean there are a few videos online with gnomes walking around and you think to yourself hmm are they real or are they are they made up who knows but uh it's still a bit creepy 
a bit creepy. So, uh, yeah. have you got any? Uh, have you got any new, uh, new working on any new videos? Uh, yes, I've got one that's nearly done. It's about uh, strange torture methods, so that should be a lot of fun. Lovely. Um, yeah, and I, I have been also thinking about doing one, doing one about famous gnome sightings as well. Oh, just because I'm interested in the subject at the minute, so it is a bit. There weird. may be one coming out. Yeah. That's cool. Sometime soon. Well, I mm. I know that you'll be back soon because we're uh, we're arranging to do a live stream uh, of uh, spooky spooky ghost videos. So uh, yeah. you have to everyone's gonna have to keep uh, keep their eyes peeled for that. That look, that'll be an interesting one. I think we're gonna do like a top ten of sort of uh, creepy videos and sort of uh, review them on a live stream. That'll be that'll be kind of fun. That that'll be fun to cool. do. I think. Yeah. But anyway, so thanks everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's a bit of a freewheeling episode, but uh, I kind of I kind of like that with Tom because uh, you never know where the conversation is going to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, yeah. always good. Uh, and until uh, next episode, talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.